<laughs> oh, he's so wrapped up in his this thing. Hello and welcome to Recovery Internet Radio, broadcast direct from Straight Up Studios. I uh, would like to take just a quick moment. We have a really special person that uh, that is announcing one of our little promos today. If you'll, uh, if you'll give me just one second, I think you'll think you'll enjoy this. Hello, everybody. This is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Let me tell you, if you're looking for the best painter in McHenry County, you've got to call Rose Painting. You call Tom Rose at eight one five seven three five. Four six five four. It's fantastic. When you talk about prompt, courteous, and full service, he'll come out and do your job. Whether you need interiors, or exteriors, or whatever you need done, he's super fantastic. They're there all the time. You can reach him anytime, and he'll be there and do the work till he's finished. Let me tell you, call Rose Painting eight one five seven three five four six five four, and tell him Arnold sent you. Oh, thank you very much, Arnold. That was that was great. I definitely call Rose Painting as soon as possible, or as soon as I need something painted, I guess. Uh, I'd just like to say uh, Happy Hanukkah to everybody out there that, that celebrates that. Um, happy birthday to me, to everyone out there that celebrates Yay! that. Uh, and without further ado, I'd like to give you to our host, uh, Mr. Rick Atwater. Yay! Hi, Chris. Uh, hi, everybody. Welcome to Recovery Internet Radio and our show, Straight Stuff on Addictions. Our tag tonight is Prisoner in Pearls. Um, thanks for joining us tonight where we are every Sunday night at 8 o'clock. And happy birthday to our engineer, Chris A. Woo! Um, yeah, so you're not the only one that celebrates it, apparently. Yeah, no, this has been a pretty pretty good day. Yeah, it's been a pretty celebratory day. Mm-hmm. And, and the cupcakes, you know, thanks to the girls here. Absolutely. Thank you. I had about half of one. Well, three quarters, if I was honest. <laughs> um, and uh, our guest tonight, Haley. And uh, you can uh, call into the show for questions, comments, or opinions at 323-792-2977. Were we going to say something about the number? or? Yeah, there, you can't call in before the show or after the show. When, you, when, you, when it's live, you can call in. Uh, feel free to... Call up, ask us questions. If you have questions for uh, for Haley tonight or for Rick, please feel free. You can also reach us. At, what's the uh, Twitter is at Rick Atwater. We yeah. check that during the show. Wow. You can tweet. You can tweet into the show. Have we ever gotten a tweet? I think we got one. Yeah, we've got, we've got <laughs> We can tweet all the time. Okay. Oh my gosh. So we'd really like to have a tweet. <laughs> it's, it's available if you, if you like that sort of thing. If you like that sort of thing. Did I say that wrong? No, you said it right. Oh, okay. All right. Um, and also remember to check out recoveryinternetradio.com where you can get to all of our archive shows um, and, and other recovery resources. Um, and so uh, I think I'm going to save – I have a couple of other people that I want to say a quick something about, but I'm going to – I think I'm going to wait till we get to uh, – we get to the middle of the show before I do that and maybe – We'll just start. We'll just start our thing. You ready? All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Haley, um, I see. I, I notice your pearls. 
They're, well, I thought it was apropos. It was very nice. Yeah, the pearls nice. Yeah, um, they are. They're lovely. They're you know they're, they're they look very good on you. Did you do you obviously you have pearls? Did you did you really wear? Did you ever wear pearls to treatment? Oh, you know. That I, question I, wasn't I, on the. That wasn't on the thing. I definitely brought jewelry. I don't know about if I brought pearls for the treatment, but definitely always had jewelry with me and you know. Yeah, I mean. You gotta look your best. You right? gotta look good. You know. And like we always say, it's better to look good than to feel good. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Wait, who says that? I don't know. Wasn't that an old Billy Crystal line in some movie somewhere? <laughs> okay, folks out there, you can help me with that one. Um, I know, Haley, that you um, come from a family that uh, has, I guess, would be considered wealthy or has some privilege. Um, how how would you say that affected you in terms of your use or your getting getting into things that ended up taking you where they did? So I do think there's a big difference between privileged and spoiled. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which one are that, you? Not that I'm not guilty of both. Oh, okay. Um, so I just had it easy growing up is what I would say. Um, mm-hmm. We, I never went without, and, you know, in high school, we got to, I mean, I remember one day in high school finding out there was a concert, I think it was a Shakira concert, <laughs> um, and a friend told me about it, and I, I called my dad and said, hey, can you get tickets, and that it was that night. Sure enough, he got me and my friends some tickets, and, you know, we always were able to go to Suns games and do fun things. We... We had a boat, my my friends in high school, we would go out, you know, to the lake, and we just had everything that, you know, and then some. And mm-hmm. um, Which, on the one hand, is really a nice, I mean, that's a nice thing. I mean, there's nothing, yeah, yeah there's well, nothing wrong with that. They want to be able to provide for their family in that way. Right, know? right. At the same time, we also had rules and we grew up doing scripture study as a family, and um, so we had cleaning ladies, and it, we definitely relied on them, you know, in many ways. But mm-hmm. a rule was if our if our bed wasn't made and we didn't already have our room clean enough, my dad would tell them in Spanish not to touch our room mm-hmm. and to leave it as is. And um, so, you know, there was just a lot a lot of different. Mm-hmm. Did you ever leave yours? I mean, did you ever leave it cr- crummy so the cleaning ladies didn't sure, clean? Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Guilty. Uh-huh. Okay. So, I mean, I think there's like the good side of, well, like you said, there's privileged and then there's spoiled. And you yeah. you could be you could be guilty of both. Well, well, and I was a nanny in New York, so I know there's a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely spoiled out there and my dad always said you know when much is given much is required Mm -hmm. he always used to from the bible i believe but um that that was always instilled in us and so it's not like we weren't aware of right of what was what we had and weren't grateful and they always my dad always you know let us know that it was hard-earned money yeah and so yeah, I mean, and I always wanted to work, too. So my senior year, I was, I mean, I started babysitting when I was 11. Hmm. And, um, you know, was 
with a nanny uh, my senior year of high mm -hmm. school and that sort of thing and made jewelry and did trunk shows at Nordstrom when I was younger with my mom. <laughs> and and so, yeah, I mean, it was something that was not foreign to me. Right. You know, being able to work. Right. But the the but do you think that um and this is just really a, an innocent question because I don't really know whether or not you feel like that being able to get what you wanted was something that played into you know that the easier softer way if you want to call it that later or if that was just something that could have happened regardless oh it I think it absolutely played a part in it it was cuz with that entitlement comes and um you know, just have... Say what that is. I mean, say what you mean by that, entitlement. <laughs> so... Attitude, attitude, right? Right. Yeah. Entitled, so expecting things rather than yeah. earning them. And not even knowing that you're expecting them, kind oh, of? Oh, absolutely not, yeah. But just, and walking in somewhere where mm -hmm. you're you're actually not known or people don't, you know, I come from a huge family. I have mm -hmm. 65 first cousins on one side. And they all live where I'm from. And so our family's well-known where we're from. But then you go somewhere else and you still have that attitude of, you know, when you walk in with your chest puffed out, kind of like, I'm, a, you know, this is who I am. And, yeah. yeah. And, um, <laughs> chop, chop. Yeah. 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 And, um, and then, you know, it puts you, having moved around so much, it kind of made me realize, oh, no one cares who you are. No one, you know, it yeah. doesn't matter. But if you've got the attitude, it's hard to de. It's hard to be not do that or not have that, right? Right. Yeah. Were you a good? Were you a good? A good kid? Or were you a? So my mom and dad would describe me as the easy child. I just, I was growing up. I, I floated through. I just, I just kind of, I never caused problems and. Got along with people well. Um, I did better, you know, either with one other person. Like, I usually always had, like, one best friend. And, and that sort of – in high school, I had lots of friends. Mm -hmm. and it blossomed more. But, um, but yeah, mm -hmm. I just – I never caused problems. I never drank mm -hmm. um, until I was 19. I, I never even tried alcohol, nothing. Mm -hmm. So – and and it's – Interesting, because there wasn't I'm, a lot of that in your family, right? Right. Yeah. Well, where I'm from, it was actually looked down on to rebel and to be having sex and to, mm -hmm. you know, be drinking in high school. Um, and it, obviously, every class is different. But my class, it, you know, the popular kids and the good kids, they didn't, they weren't out partying. Mm. They just didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. So. So it's kind of like, I mean, things are different in different places, but right. where you were from, that's right. the way it was. Did you get good grades? Well, that's another thing I just kind of coasted through. <laughs> um, so I, I rarely can think back and remember myself doing homework, hmm. honestly. And um, I I mean, I, I got through with these, hmm. probably C's in math, of course. Mm -hmm. Math is not my strong suit. Um but I just kind of coasted through life, like it all was, you know, all was well, and I just, I just got by, and you know, was was happy, and and I was, um, when I was a kid, well, growing up, I was always heavier, hmm. and 
but I never internalized it. I was never unhappy. It was like my parents were more concerned about it, um, whether it was health or appearance, um, than I was. I just, because life was good and, and things were okay, so it was never a big issue for me. Right. When I got older in junior high, and I and I was playing tennis, and, you know, even though I was heavy, I mm -hmm. still did well, you yeah. know. Um, and in junior high, it kind of hit to where then, then I started observing it more and, mm. and where I had more. Start getting self-conscious about yeah, it? Yeah, recognition of it. But I still had friends, and I still had an easy life and was privileged, and, and so I had everything I needed was in student council and hmm. and all of those things. So it just didn't affect me as much as, you know, as my parents maybe thought it would hmm. and, and were worried about, okay, she's going to be unhappy, she's, she's right. heavier. And uh, so actually right now I'm the same weight that I was in sixth grade. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Are you the same height? No, no, no. I'm much taller. <laughs> well, just checking, you know. Yeah, I mean, because some people taller. grow up pretty quick. Yeah. But that's oh, that's oh, that's funny. I mean, yeah. So you started getting you started getting a little self conscious about it when you were when you were in junior high. Do you think mm -hmm. that do you think that that affected you, or or how, how do you think that affected you? Maybe that's a better way to ask. Well, so I in ninth grade. At the end of my ninth grade year, mm -hmm. um, which where I'm from was still junior high, I had gastric bypass surgery. Mm. So, and I went in the same day with my dad to get it, and uh, we both got it together. And uh, how old would you have been, like thirteen uh, or something? Fourteen. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, and again, I just I guess that's part of the privilege being privileged. Who? who what other fourteen-year-old really? you know, does that and has it has the opportunity to, you know, where that's even an option. Um yeah. or thought about. Yeah. Was there anything was there anything more to it where you you know, it was just like this is happening now or did, was there something leading up to that? I mean, surgery some not usually isn't like, well, we've got a little issue, let's let's do this. Well, it kinda was. Mm -hmm. That's that's the weird thing is it was you know it's kind of like, here's a problem, how are we going to fix it? You know, in our family, it was, okay, let, let's just get it done. Let's, you know, how, how can we fix what's happening? And, um, and so, yeah. Not a lot of process time. There was not a lot of, no. Got it. And, and so it wasn't a traumatic thing for me. It wasn't mm. this big deal. I remember in one of my, you know, rehabs, one of the therapists tried to dissect that and make it a big thing, and I was like, what do you mean? I just, I guess you bypass. I was 15, it was done, you know, that was that. And so it just... Did it work? Yeah, it did. I mean, so, obviously you're the same weight as you were when you were in junior high, so... Yeah, I so I had, you know, the summer, the end of my ninth grade year, and then that summer I, I was dropping weight pretty quick. Yeah. And so then in high school, I was, you know, I had gotten down and... Where I was, I was average. I definitely fit in more physically with everyone, and mm -hmm. um, and that was weird to me too. Is I didn't, I didn't really internalize that either. Of okay, now I'm, I look like everyone else, and then I have all these other things going for me, and it just, I just floated through. I didn't, nothing was really hard. I didn't, you know. Yeah, it wasn't like a big. This wasn't a big worrisome thing for you. 
It worked. You started losing weight. You fit in. Everything's going good. Mm-hmm. And then you started to drink and drug. Yeah. Hmm. Well, <laughs> when did that come in? Yeah, whoopsies. <laughs> when did that happen? Well, I just think because of how that was and because of me coping through, there was I never, I had no coping skills. I didn't mm. know how to cope with anything hard because mm-hmm. I didn't really have anything hard. And things that maybe seemed hard, they weren't to me because it was just I was so lackadaisical. Sure. And um, so after I graduated high school, um, I had the first time I really experienced anything was after surgery. I had pain pain pills. Mm-hmm. And and I remember going through them kind of fast, but did not think anything of it. I had never used drugs, never tried alcohol, nothing. So I just remember calling the doctor for a refill because I ran out. <laughs> I want more. Mm-hmm. So so I called and I got a refill, and um, and I think it was, you know, they gave me a pretty heavy supply. So I did end up going through withdrawals. Hmm. Um, would you do? Would you get Vicodins or Percocets or what? I don't even remember. Hmm. I don't remember what they were. Probably Vicodin. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was. I did start withdrawing, and I didn't even know what withdrawing was. It was. I didn't know why I was. And this feeling. was even before, like using anything. any kind of recreational. Yeah, anything. With it's, quotes around it, of course. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this was. But so, I'd, yeah. I had gone through them fast enough and long enough. That you were going through withdrawal. That I started withdrawing. And I thought I was going crazy. I remember being on the phone with my dad going, "Um, I'm crazy right now. I think I need to, you know, go to a psych ward because I'm crazy. I'm feeling crazy. My whole body hurts. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And and I had actually moved up to Utah. I was in hair school Mm. at this time. And I just remember being on the phone for hours with my dad off and on just scared not knowing what was wrong with me and he he probably didn't know either right? he didn't know no way he was kind of like okay what's, what's what happening my daughter here yeah and um so at that time i was dating somebody who was using uh oxycontin and i mm-hmm. didn't know it mm-hmm. but he let me know that i was going through withdrawal oh he told you yeah so nice. Yeah. Me, right? Yeah. Good to have a heads up. Right? Yeah. So Heck yeah. Why do you? Th- how did you get hooked up with him? So he went to the same high school I did, and later I married him. Oh. So yeah. Okay. Well. Kind of knew him. Well, you, you had the same. You had the. You had the same hobby. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so much in common. Yeah. Yeah. So. Why did you? Why did you? Can I ask you why you married him? Or do you, yeah, you know? Absolutely. Well, that's that's what you did. So you were supposed to get married like by a certain age, yeah, or that that was the next step. And was um, he somebody from the circle of folks that you generally hung with or came from? Yeah. Okay. So he was from my hometown, and and actually a really good, smart kid, mm-hmm. um, and had a lot of potential. So. So I thought my my happy ever after was get married, have kids, be a mom, and 
and that was going to be it. You know, I was in hair school. Maybe just got to finish that pesky withdrawal first, and yeah. then we can go ahead with this That's other stuff. Withdrawal, yeah. yeah Let's stupid, get that out of the way. Stupid stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that was your. That was what was in your head. That's where you were headed. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, did the other other recreational stuff start entering in here at this point, or? Yeah, so then I he that's when I was introduced, yeah, to Oxy's it was he explained to me, um, you know, that he was gonna get me some Suboxin and I did not know what that was. And he just said it helps you with withdrawal and blah blah blah. So, um and this is kinda how I found out that he was in, involved with drugs too. Because mm-hmm. he had all these connections and he was gonna <laughs> call a friend mm-hmm. and you know, all this stuff. So, anyhow, one thing after another led to me using oxys, and I was kind of on and off and little bits and, you know. And, and and what did you think at that time what that was all about for you? Just was just a, like a little sideline recreational thing you were doing, or it was a party thing, or it was a what, – what was it? Yeah, at that time – I knew that it was wrong, and I knew that um, that I, sh- you know, should not. But it was so foreign too that I, I definitely did not digest what I was doing. Like I did not. It didn't sink into me that I'm using drugs here. It, it, it just didn't. Yeah. They were prescription pills, and it was kind of like, well, I was sick, and these were getting me through, and now I'm just kind of need them still sometimes, and. And it just kind of dragged on that way. And mm-hmm. I'm just using a little bit and, you know, so on and so on. And Looking back, do you think you were using more than you thought you were? Or you were just really using just a little bit? No, I was. I kind of was actually really weird about that, about the amount. Like you were careful? Yeah. <laughs> See, I was a really smart druggie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know. It was like it's so far it's all been a big accident. You know what I mean? It's, it's like not it's my all fault. yeah, it's it all it's happens. all been kind of yeah. Whoops. Yeah, whoops. It's just kinda oh hi I don't know how this I'm not sure how this all happened, but here we are. So then and then well, when was your first, how close are we to your first rehab? Um, pretty close. Pretty close. Well so then um I had drank alcohol one time. Yeah. With with him, um, he's my boyfriend at the time, and uh, and I hated it. I just, I hated it. I hated how I felt. I was so out of control. It like, I remember my heart was racing, and I just, it, I wanted to go to sleep. I just, I hated it. Right. I hated it. So, um, I had moved back home to Arizona, and I wanted to just be done with that life. It had just gotten bad enough to where I, I knew I didn't want to live like that. So, you know, change locations because it was definitely Utah's fault. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> so let's move to a different state and it'll be better there. Mm-hmm. And I did keep um, using, surprise, surprise. And um, then I drank, I went with a coworker for a drink. Mm. And... Um, he he couldn't believe that it was the that I'd only drink alcohol one time, and he said that he would show me how to drink. So I agreed, and I had I thought I knew him. I had, you know had talked to him back and forth at work a little bit, 
And so we went out, and he was drinking a lot. And again, I just I didn't like it. I didn't know how to drink. I just I didn't like it. And he was getting bothered that I wasn't drinking a lot. Like, come on, come on, you know. And I wouldn't do shots, and I wouldn't. I just I just remember hating it. And then I started. I remember being like so scared because he was getting kind of aggressive as far as like drink more. What's your problem? You know, you'll feel better. And um, and I just hated how it made me feel. So I just the whole situation. I just felt so uncomfortable. And and also okay, get me out of here. You know, I mm-hmm. remember just feeling like uh, get me out of here. So um, I I did express that to him. Like get me and. He, we went and we stopped somewhere at a friend's house, which was at his friend's house, um, which was worse. Mm. And more people. More drinking. Drinking more. and shots. And, and I was like, okay, seriously, I got to go home, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, and he's driving. Um, he, it was his car, truck. And, and on the way home, he pulled over by a park and that is when I was raped Mm. and so I just remember him locking the doors and literally even though I wasn't drunk or anything (laughs) blacked out in a way I I completely froze probably from fear I yeah Mm -hmm. you know what is it fight flight freeze yeah and and I froze and he um he, it was it was one of those things where I just I did not process it at that time, mm-hmm. and it, it took me a while to process what really happened and what went on, and and I blocked it out completely, you know, um, for a while because that yeah. can only happen for so long. Right? Yeah, yeah. Until it starts coming up. Sure. So at that time, that's how I lost my virginity, mm. and that was the second time I ever drank. Yes, I had dabbled in pills. Um, I say dabbled, used, yeah. pills. Um, but that was just kind of, I had zero coping skills. What do I do now? You know, it, I just remember at that point going, um, what has my life come to? What I'm, happens, what I'm happens just, after this? Yeah. Yeah. I'm this good girl. I don't, I don't do any of this. I don't. And now, and, and I remember blaming myself too, like, oh my gosh, you had sex. Like, and, and being so mad at myself until I could really, you know, work through that and go, oh, wait, that wasn't you. That wasn't your decision. Mm-hmm. So um, shortly after that, pills got, you know, I got real heavily into mm-hmm. Oxycontin. Mm-hmm. And it got ugly. And um, and then I went to my first rehab. My, my mom walked in on me um, grinding up Oxycontin. Uh, on a tile to snort it, and mm. she walked in, and I was busted. And uh, did she she knew what it was, or did she ask what it was and you oh, had to tell no, her? No, there's no way she knew it. No, she I was, was going to say, no. no way. She put the pieces together. She, she's grinding up something on the ground. Was, and, yeah, she knew that wasn't normal for me to have a tile. By my, you know. Did you have a rolled up ten nearby, or, uh, or no, a, no, I I um I had all my tool. I I hid everything just under my bed because. Because my parents had no exposure to any of this, I I was able to do that. Where there could be a tile and a little grinder and a pill, you know, and 
and it wasn't they weren't going to be searching my room for anything because I was not that child. I didn't do that sort of thing. Right. That would never even enter their mind. Right. It barely even entered yours. Correct. Much less theirs. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so but there's a, there was a direct connection between that that experience, the, the rape experience, and using more. But I, I suppose you didn't make that connection then. Right. So before then, the pills were so, like, off and on. I knew it was, I shouldn't be, and I was able to, like, not do it for a little while and then do it. You know, it was just that after that, bam, it was, that was my coping. Mm-hmm. That is what I did to get by. Mm-hmm. And it was day in, day out, and I was buying at that point. You know, it was. Yeah. It was. It got real bad. Real Not quick. just script, but you were on the buying on the street. Oxys. Right. Yeah. Right. Oxys are expensive, aren't they? Oh my. Yeah. Where were you? How? Where? Where's the money coming from? So I was working. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a little bit of a trust fund that mm-hmm. I could get into it if needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was needed. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. That, I guess that's. That's all relative, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah, it depends on who you ask. Right. Yeah. And if your folks are listening, I'm sure they're oh, going. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I bet they are. I bet they are. So, anyway, that's that's how we supported the that's how mm-hmm. we supported the half. And then into treatment for the first time. Was that a um uh 30-day deal? Was that a, like an inpatient run with detox so or My mom called her life coach at home. Yeah. And I said, what do I do? Yeah. I have no, what, what, this is what I just saw, what do I do? And, you know, she got the regulars, well, she needs to want it, she has to want it. Um, she, she needs to kind of come up with a plan and figure it out. So I came up with a great plan. I got on Google, and I Googled luxuryrehab.com. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh-huh. I mean, brilliant. Slapped yeah. on the pearls and off we went, right? Yeah. Did a lot yeah. of things come up? I mean, there's like, oh, that's a pretty big market. Yeah, uh-huh. and celebrity names, uh-huh. and yeah. Uh-huh. So so I found I found a nice luxury rehab, uh-huh. Cirque Lodge. Uh-huh. And pretty well-known place. Yeah, I mean, um, so Lindsay Lohan had been there just before me. And Eva Mendez, I mean, I guess Lindsay Lohan, that doesn't say much, though. She's been to so many rehabs. But um, Eva Mendez and Kirsten does, you know, it had all the names. All, mm-hmm. the, all the people have been there. And mm-hmm. um, so I went there and I... Did, I did, do celebrities endorse rehabs? Sure, yeah. Maybe so. just by their presence, but I mean they don't like get on Facebook and go, "Well, I went to." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they I do. No, like no, they, no. no they just by their presence, right, they've endorsed you it. You read it in, you know, Us magazine. Yeah. That so and so was here, and. And then know, everybody flocks to that rehab. It kind of makes it cool. Mm-hmm. I, I remember one one of the one of the therapeutic events at this rehab was the helicopter ride, <laughs> and. And, um, Did that help you? Oh, sure. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. Getting high without drugs? Is that the... <laughs> I was thinking maybe get a wider view. I mean, broaden your horizons. Broaden your horizons. <laughs> We're really reaching here. Yeah, that's a stretch. But yeah, so anyway, it was a, it was was that was a celebrity rehab thing. You know what I want to do is 
because I want to talk some more about the about rehabs, but I want to take we're about that point where where we usually take a little bit of a break, listen to a little music. Mm-hmm. We wanted to listen to what you wanted us. You, we, like I asked you what what kind of what you wanted to hear. That's so we're gonna play. Uh, oh, happy day. I love that song, but we're not going to get to hear it, only the audience. Well, I'm sure they'll enjoy it. I'm sure they'll enjoy it. We'll be back with you in about three and a half minutes, so enjoy the song, and we'll see you in a few. Oh, 
Okay, we back? Welcome back. Okay, we're back. Woohoo! We're back. Look out. Oh, happy. Um so we were talking about we were talking about the luxury rehab, the first rehab, and then I think you were telling me before the show you left rehab and went on a cruise to celebrate rehab. Was that that one? Yeah. Well, so it was a good, you know, I was recovered and a good little family trip. We went on a cruise, and I was miserable on this cruise. Um, it was a nice gesture, though, for my parents, I think. Um, but I went I went on this cruise. I was miserable. Um, that, I got nothing from that first month of rehab. I just, I didn't even... I still I hadn't even internalized like what was going on with me and my life and mm. and then they're you know talking about AA and all that and I'm like I don't even like alcohol. What is all this? Yeah. So um so yeah then I went back for a second month um at that rehab but I was up in in the lodge part so. There's Where the paparazzi can't go. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, the VIP area. Uh huh. Um. So I did a mu- another month there, and um, and after that, I I I got more of an idea of of what was going on, and that you know I I guess I had a problem a little bit, but um, but I was different, and you know the the use um, it just the whole. The whole idea of it all was so foreign to me. So it yeah. just was hard to really... It's not in your culture. It's not in your... Right. It's just not in your frame of reference to be addicted. Yeah. Well, uh, is that why you thought you were different? Because of that? I mean, was that the difference? Or what was what was your... What, what did you think was different about you? You were still a good girl? Yeah. And, and you know, I, I definitely... Our family is very religious, and and I had, I definitely believed in the church and had strong values and morals mm-hmm. myself that I had um, gotten early on, yeah, and and figured out early on. So I was going against everything that I believed, and that was not just like what my parents believed, but what I believed. Yeah. So obviously, my values are going to be different than my parents, right? Mm-hmm. You know. We all have different values, core values, but um, I I knew I was going against that. Did you think you did? Did you did it, did the word uh, drug addict? How did that sit with you at that point? Oh yeah, that pretty ugly. Yeah, that's not not gross. sitting not so, sitting well at that point. It gross. doesn't work well with pearls and no, sort of thing, so. and and your religion. And my religion, yeah. No. I just yeah, that just wasn't something I was ever around and made no sense to me. It wasn't who I was. Looking back on it now, do you think, in fact, you were around, I mean, what, you were around it? I don't mean your family, but I mean in in, the, in, in your culture, what was it there and you just didn't see it or is it really not there? Sure, it was definitely hidden. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was a shameful thing for sure. In my, yeah. My culture that in my you know where I grew up um but there's now looking back yeah there's lots of addicts around um but but the, but the drug addict thing for you at that point not not 
Not so much. Not playing. No. No. Not playing. No. So you come out of the second re- you come out of the second month with a few more pieces of information, but still. Right. Right. Just and, uh unfortunate uh, set of circumstances that happened to a really nice girl. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. And still never discussed the rape. Hmm. At all. That yeah. had never come up. No, that was. It was. Just you were processing it down. yourself, but it wasn't even. Or and hidden I anything. remember not even thinking about it for a year. But it didn't even come up oh. in my head for. I mean, I it was stepped very far down. I blocked. And you know, I I said something about this to you in the little blurb that I sent sent out when we were talking about the questions we were going to talk about. That I thought that this was such a helpful thing for you to talk about. Because I think that this kind of thing happens to a lot more women than ever talk about it. Yeah, I believe that. I, I just I, I don't know have any way to support that other than having listened to a lot of stories myself. Right, right. Yeah, I think that's certainly true. And so I'm really glad. I guess well, that is to say, I'm glad you're talking about it because I think it's going to be helpful to people. Oh, well, good. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, after that, I um, went, I reunited with the boyfriend, <laughs> uh, and we started dating, and, and then I got married. Ah, uh, okay. Um, was that kind of like a solution for you? Yeah, a little bit, mm-hmm. and, and I I had cleaned up, I was clean mm-hmm. when I got married. Mm-hmm. Was he? Uh, I thought he was. Hmm. Um, Oopsie. I thought, whoops, <laughs> whoops again. <laughs> These darn, unfo- yeah. So, so I thought um, he was, and on our honeymoon, he let me know otherwise. Oh. I know, so nice. Hmm. Kind. So that was a fun honeymoon, and I found out really what was going on. That he was going to three different doctors and selling and the whole works, and that he was going to withdraw. That he was about to be withdrawn soon because he was out. So he needed to while you were on your while we were on our honeymoon, so mm-hmm. he needed to go and get some so that he wouldn't be sick. Of course. Were you out of the country or out of the state no, no. or? No, we were. We had just gone up, um, you know, an hour away mm-hmm. to a hotel. So, um, so no, it was definitely doable, and. We had a lot of checks and cash that we had gotten. And so right then and there, rather than making the decision of I'm out, I was too prideful and too for you know, to to surrender that. I mean, I had just gathered family, friends. There was a whole wedding. I, I wasn't gonna admit that I was wrong and and right. go backwards and change your entire life and in a in a just like that. Yeah. So so instead of doing what I should have done and just said, Bye, I'm out, um, I I started using with him. Hmm. And I said, All right, I'm in mm-hmm. and um and shortly after that is when I started heroin. Hmm. So um Did he or did you do that on your own? No, no, no. He was already using heroin. Oh, he was already using heroin yeah. at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So it was cheaper, and um, and so we did that. And I had just 
bought a new house. Um, I got to pick out all the granite and the wood and design it, and it was it was awesome. It was beautiful. It was a three-bedroom home, and um, that was kind of a big deal. We were getting married. I was going to buy this house, and um, and so shortly after being in the house, I found myself in there using heroin. I, I had lost my job, and I was in bed, and he... You know, he was out either working sometimes, um, stealing, doing who knows what. For me, it was, well, what I don't know doesn't hurt me. Mm -hmm. Like, you go do your thing and just make sure you come back with a supply of <laughs> drugs and hurry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, right. Hurry. Right. <laughs> don't let this little stash run out. Right, you know? right. <laughs> So, so you're locked up in the house, and this is—is is this the house when we were talking before about the, the where the title of the show comes from? Yeah. So what happened was my family would try and come by and be and and you know would be knocking on the door or doing different things, and um and I would I had a dog with me at that time, and um I remember one time they just they kept knocking, kept knocking, and. I would do anything I could to make my dog not bark because I just wanted them to think I wasn't there. And I already had all the blinds closed and all the doors locked, but then it got to the point where I couldn't stop my dog, so then I was hiding in the closet with my dog. From your family. From my family. That's right. Just knocking on the door to try and see what's up and help. And um, And I remember one time... I think my little brother had hopped or gone in the back gate and like hopped up to the second level uh, and to where we have, you know, big windows. And so anyhow, I thought I was really smart because I got a padlock for the side gate, um, you know, so that they couldn't get to the backyard. Not that they couldn't hop that gate, but, you know, right. I did. This is where I literally became a prisoner in my own home. Right. I mean, from and you I have locked to, myself inside. And if if, if people who don't know about this kind of thing will, would listen to this and go, that is really crazy. She's psycho. She's yeah. psycho. Yeah. But when you're doing this, when you're doing that, it doesn't seem abnormal, does it? Right. I mean, it might you might have an inkling that it's a little odd that you're like, you know, locking your, you know, trying to hide from your family, but it's like, well, it's what you have to do. Yeah. Or, or something. And, and also, I didn't want to be known or seen as this heroin-using girl who had, probably hadn't showered in three days, mm -hmm. who had no makeup on, who had, you know, was just a disaster. Right. Um, Pretty long fall from the uh, the nice little junior high kid playing tennis. The little yeah. with the little tennis skirt on and the yeah. and doing the scripture readings, you know, with the fam. Yeah, little different image. Yeah, there. little different image. Yeah. I, I Are you getting a little closer in your own head from what it was to what it really what it really became? Or are you still uh, in fantasy land about who you are? What do you mean by that? At that point, were you were you aware of how bad it had gotten for you? Yes, and that is why I had locked myself yeah. in because yeah. I did not want to be seen. I knew how ugly 
I remember walking in, walking down my stairs, and, and looking into like the kitchen and the family room and seeing how much was gone mm. because um, stuff was getting sold. Yeah, yeah. He, he was pawning stuff, um, mm-hmm. TVs and and you know furniture, everything. Mm-hmm. And I remember just going, "Oh my gosh, what has my life become? This is crazy." Did next was that the next rehab? Well, that then I um, started going online and I found a nanny job hmm. in New York and um, and I I almost made it then <laughs> I almost I almost did it I mean I got there and I was there for about um, six months before I started you know doing anything and then I started kind of going out and, and drinking and um, shortly after I mean in New York Coke is I mean, it's it's everywhere. You go, and they're very open about it. And so that's when I started using Coke. Is there? Mm-hmm. And um, and and I went home for Christmas. And my mom, again, my poor mother, she found everything. So um, at that point, I had when I went home for Christmas, I had met up um, with my ex. And he had gotten some heroin. I hadn't done heroin for like six months or so. So anyhow, she found my other stash, and then off I went to the next series of rehabs. Well, how many in the series? So two different programs in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did a three-month program in Florida. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to Chicago. And tried to try to figure it out and do it, and and I actually the one in Florida was a trauma center mm. for me to really deal with the rape and other other things, and um and I think it just kind of opened my wounds were all opened but not healed, right? And then I was on my own here in Chicago like without a job, out a job by yourself. Uh huh. Mm. Living alone, um, and it was kind of like, okay, now what? And, and so all I knew to do at that point, um, as far as to numb out, was, or all that was accessible was alcohol. Mm-hmm. So I went to CVS and I bought a big thing of vodka, mm-hmm. and I just drank myself silly. Um, just did horrible things, tried to meet people on the internet and um vodka and boyfriends. Pardon? Vodka and boyfriends. Yeah, vodka and boyfriends. Just mm-hmm. anything I could do to just numb out and um, you know, escape. And so so it it was a week of that before I was suicidal completely. Mm-hmm. And and did a 911 call, and I'm going to drown myself, and, you know, just, it just was a hot mess. Mm-hmm. And, and ended up in the psych ward. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I get that. Ding, 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 like a pinball. Yeah. You were going to drown yourself? Yeah, how, how do yeah. I drown myself in a bathtub that I can barely fit in? Yeah, I'm I wondering. Mean, I was just wondering. <laughs> it makes I, so much sense then. Right, it makes, yeah, I'm just, yeah. I don't know how that... Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense now, but well, but it did. 
So let me so so let's turn let's take the next couple of minutes and just you know you've got you we're at the hot mess stage you know crash and burn done all kinds of things what have you done cuz i mean you've been clean now for well how long most of most of a year somewhere in that neighborhood it's about 10 months about 10 months mm-hmm. okay how have you how have you managed to do that and and not gone in rehabs and not drowned yourself in the bathtub <laughs> so so then i came and i met you fine people um Mo and Giovanna and um you know I was I finally got a little bit of hope and mm-hmm. and I came I came here and was lifted up and mm-hmm. okay Haley these are your t- look how many talents you have mm-hmm. look at what you can do are you kidding me and I have forgotten that and lost sight of that mm-hmm. of what do I have to offer and and just had zero hope and that is like Biggest to me, that is the biggest thing. You have no hope. Mm-hmm. Why even get up in the morning? Yeah, what hopeless is, and worthless. Bad yeah, combo. What is mm-hmm. the point of waking up and stepping foot outside your bed? Mm-hmm. You know, and and trying to make it and grind through. So you found some people that 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 reminded you that you could have some hope, right? And that you had some worth, right? And um, and so um, I got a job and. Honestly, I try and just live in moderation. Everything mm-hmm. in moderation. And I have my, you know, caveats and <laughs> you know, I'm not perfect by any means. But um with eating, with you know, everything with work and I just try to to live that way and be mm-hmm. balanced. Mhm. Sounds like you got some structure. Mhm. I go to yeah. church mm-hmm. and, and I'm able to practice my faith mm-hmm. and I'm really close with my family, mm. and are they um, glad to have you back? I, yeah, I think so. Are you glad to have them back? Yeah, <laughs> it's nice not for them to cringe when I come around. And, oh no, what's she gonna do next? Right. What's she on? Yeah. I don't know. Who who's it gonna be this time? So the, a big, I would say, a huge turning point for me here in Chicago is when one time I was I had relapsed and gone out, and I was staying in a recovery home after the psych ward and um my sister who lived in chicago um i i said i texted her and said i just got kicked out um can i come stay with you you know knowing she was going to say sure come on where can i pick you up and she said she goes sorry Haley, i i can't have you here and for me to have nowhere to live i mean that i was homeless literally mm-hmm. i didn't have money of my own i wasn't working um, my parents were paying where I was staying, and I was kicked out. What now? What? And mm-hmm. and as much as the trade as I felt from her at that time, that was a huge eye opener for me to go. All right. Holy cow! All right, Haley, get it together. Figure yeah. something out. I guess this one's on you then, girl. Yeah. Yeah. And now where are you gonna go? Yeah. So what'd you do? So. Oh, I the guy that I had gone out with that night, mm-hmm. um, I went and stayed with him, and it was miserable. Mm-hmm. It was awkward, and he had OCD and didn't want the carpet lines, to, the vacuum lines on the carpet to be messed up, and oh, it was, it was the worst experience <laughs> of my life. Yeah. So, so 
yeah. yeah. So yeah. Okay. Well, so yeah, it sounds like you're doing well. If um, we're we're closing in on the on on time here, so let me just ask you one more question, which is one that I like to ask everybody that comes on the show. I've told you before that you know, is there anything that you think um, you know young women in your situation need to know what 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 kind of advice would you give them what kind of thoughts would you have about young women in your in your position so i think that it's so important to think ahead first of all of what you know of what your values are like what what is it that that you believe and what you're willing to do and not do and and to to stick to those. If the second you feel uncomfortable in a situation, um, you know, listen listen to that. Listen mm-hmm. to those values. And and also what's helped me to to stay clean and to to just keep moving in my life and get some traction is to figure out what are my values. What mm-hmm. do I believe and and how am I gonna execute those and right. follow those and live by those. Right. My own values, not not my parents, not you know anybody else's, but my own. Right. What sits right with me? Because you've had you had values. I did. You just you just had a had a re, had to relocate them and then live by them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And make sure they were mine. Yeah. Well, I think that's great advice. That's great advice for for people out there that you know have struggled with the stuff that you've struggled with. It's a great story, and I really appreciate you coming on and telling it. And oh, thank you so much for put, putting it out there. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Um, so thanks. Thanks again, Haley. And thanks to our listeners. And uh, thanks also to our studio audience Woo-hoo! for uh, making a little bit of noise here and there. <laughs> and uh, uh, making us a successful little underground support source for the recovering community. Uh, We'll email our reminders for next week's show, and as always, we'll look at recovery from a wide and open perspective. Uh, We welcome new ways of looking at things and um, all kinds of options. Remember to check recoveryinternetradio.com for all the archive shows and to sign up for our email reminder list. You can do that by going to the website. We'd like to hear from you. Remember, too, we want to hear from you so we know where... You are. We're yeah. hoping that let we have. Yeah. yeah, let us know. I, yeah, I think send, we send us an email. With any with Where any luck, we have uh, we have listeners in um, uh, in Mesa and uh, Glenview. Yeah, <laughs> I paid them. To yeah, pay, we paid them to listen. Yeah, we pay our listeners. Um, cupcakes, as always. Uh, oh uh, well, I, we've got just a little bit of time. I just want to say I think we have uh, about. What do we have? Like about oh, we have close to twenty five thousand listens. We're knocking on yeah, that door. Right about there. And we've had uh, we've had a show uh, recently that had um, well over two thousand listens. So we know you're out there listening Woo! to us. Um, we would love to hear from you about what you guys like about our show, what you'd like to hear. Uh, so as always, live today, love yourself and your neighbor, and together we'll trudge the happy road to destiny. We hope you've enjoyed the show. See you at 8 p.m. next Sunday night. See you then. See you then.